When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who thoroughly know and understand that Shrek is love and Shrek is life. I'm Hannah Leach. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Two Pink Productions, and we have not stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today we are talking about 2001's Shrek. DreamWorks Pictures invites you to a land of fairy tales. Hey! Oh, no, 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 no. Dead girl off the table. Where are we supposed to put it? The bed's taken. What? Where an unlikely hero... You definitely need some Tic Tacs or something, because your breath stinks. Rescues a fair princess. You didn't slay the dragon? It's on my to-do list. From a nasty villain. Eat me! With the help of his trusty companion. This is going to be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making wild. Somebody once told me the world was gonna... Blow me? <laughs> Roll me. <laughs> He's like, I thought the world was going to blow me, man. I really thought those were the words. That's funny. But like, isn't there another lyric that is somewhat related to, I feel like it's sexual somehow. There's. Oh, it's something about, oh yeah, yeah. Hey now, you're an all-star. It, oh. Get paid? Get laid? It's get paid. Okay. There's nothing about getting laid, unfortunately. Okay, I don't know why I thought that. Well, because there's like 5,000 dick jokes in this movie. Yeah. So that's probably why. So we just tested ourselves to see if we had the intro memorized. And I have to say, I did. But after Audrey said, haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, I was like, what's my first word? What's my first word? And then I looked and I was like, oh, yeah, I got it. I had it. Mine's easy, though. Yeah. We... Read it off the script every single time, even though we're like 103 episodes deep or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so two important things as you join us today. First of all, this is our season six finale. Crazy. Wait. Is that true? No, yeah, it is six. Yeah, it is six. I was like, wait, is it seven? No. No, this has come on season six. You know what that means? This is our Bianca Del Rio season. You're right. Coming to an end. We're going to be in our Violet Chachki season. (laughs) A downgrade to some, a lateral move to to others. others. Yeah. So that's the first big thing. Second big thing is for the very first time in Sleepover Cinema history, we are recording at Evergreen Podcast HQ. We're even drinking rosé brought to you by Evergreen Podcast. We got a bottle. Um, And... Audrey and I are sitting in a studio room together, but Josh, our dear beloved Josh, is uh, engineering in the other room. Hi. Okay, I don't think 
that now that the light is off in the hallway, I don't think that if you moved that we could see you, but try. Yeah, stand up, Josh. Oh, no, a little bit, maybe. <laughs> I'll zoom into that. Yeah, so Josh is here. He's going to be our uh, our light commentator and also making sure that Pro Tools doesn't completely implode. It's very like morning radio. I know. It's invigorating. Yeah. We have headphones on so we can hear ourselves talking. We're just having a good old time. This week's question for the culture. The culture is super sick right now. It's actually really bad, period. Is Shrek 2 genuinely better than the first Shrek? It's hard to answer in this exact moment because I haven't rewatched Shrek 2 Mm -hmm. in a while. But the consensus really is with the general public that Shrek 2 is better than the first one because it expands the world. Expands the universe of the whatever. People love the fairy godmother and they love the prince dude. And like, okay, okay. I have two thoughts. I think it is a little bit better because the world is so much bigger, but it would not, obviously it wouldn't have a leg to stand on without the first. So I don't think I could say that it's better. I think that it's just, as most people say, like a perfect sequel. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, it's just harder for me to say, yeah, the second movie is better because it couldn't exist without the first. And the first is Really solid. I do think that there are more memorable characters in the second one. There's just more characters in general. Yeah. I mean, there's only basically like four characters in the first one. Yeah. With a bunch of tiny characters. Who is your favorite Shrek character? Honestly, maybe Donkey. (laughs) Honestly, same. (laughs) Which you wouldn't really expect. I feel like when you're a kid, you like think he's annoying. But then when you watch it back as an adult, you're like, oh. I never, I I liked Donkey. I think I always liked Donkey. I'm built different. You're just different. Well, because normally I hate animal sidekicks. Everyone does. he breaks the norm. He's different. He's built, Donkey is built different. He's built different, right. And we'll talk about why. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so there wasn't much disagreement with that one. No. Is it better? I guess, yeah. I guess, If we have to say. So shall we get into the facts? Yeah. Okay, so guys, Audrey did the notes today, so she's going to be the boss mostly. Yeah. So Shrek was released on April 22nd, 2001. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go, wow, amazing. Ooh. Um, it was rated PG, directed by Andrew Adamson and Vicki Jensen. When we talk about the background, I wrote like a kind of like a mini history of like the development of Shrek. Slay. So we'll talk about that more later. But Andrew and Vicky are both best known for the Shrek series, all the Shrek movies. They weren't necessarily both involved in all of them, but it kind of seems like they Mm -hmm. were involved in some capacity in all of them. And then Andrew did the Narnia franchise. Oh, okay. And you know what Vicky did? What? Shark (laughs) Tale. Which one came first? Shrek is before Shark Tale. Jeez. Shark Tale follows in the footsteps of Shrek. It it totally does, but how the mighty (laughs) fell in that moment. Yeah, but a really valiant attempt. Yes. And then, of course, Shrek the movie is based on the book Shrek by William Steig. I guess we would bring this up later, but it seems relevant. We were gifted the book. Yes, and it's like a picture book, to be clear. Yeah. It's not like a novel. 
Yeah, it's a children's book. Yeah. However, there is a novel version of the movie, and we did have the novel version of the movie. Yeah. But that's something else Those entirely. were such a trend. Yes. Like, I had the novelized version of Jump In. <laughs> oh, my God. I would love to read that. <laughs> it's so verbatim, you know? Yeah. Like, extremely. And then Shrek was written by Terry Rossio and Ted Elliott. They're both best known for the Shrek franchise, but Ted also wrote several Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Very interesting. And Terry wrote Aladdin. Okay. And The Road to El Dorado. That makes sense. All of this makes sense. Yeah. Next, synopses. And this one was kind of rare because they're all really different. Okay, good. Like, Fun to read and different. Okay. First synopsis comes from IMDb. A mean lord exiles fairy tale creatures to the swamp of a grumpy ogre who must go on a quest and rescue a princess for the lord in order to get his <laughs> land back. It's for the lord specifically. Next one. Letterboxed. It ain't easy being green, especially if you're a likable, albeit smelly, ogre named Shrek. On a mission to retrieve a gorgeous princess from the clutches of a fire-breathing dragon, Shrek teams up with an unlikely compatriot, a wise-cracking donkey. Ooh. That one had a lot of tone to it. Yeah. Okay, and then lastly, Rotten Tomatoes. Once upon a time, in a faraway swamp, there lived an ogre named Shrek, whose precious solitude was suddenly shattered by by an invasion of annoying fairy tale characters. They were all banished from their kingdom by the evil Lord Farquaad. Determined to save their home, not to mention his, Shrek cuts a deal with Farquaad and sets out to rescue Princess Fiona to be Farquaad's bride. Rescuing the princess may be small compared to her deep, dark secret. They're really noble for making it seem like he is determined to save the fairy tale creature's home. Because he, he really give just a wants single shit. No, about he that. does not give a <laughs> shit about that. And we're gonna talk more about that part later because I have questions. Audrey, you have to do the most important deed. I thought you were gonna do it. Taglines are your job. I know, but we're swapped. It's okay. That one I can't accept a swap of. Okay, the taglines. The first one is the greatest fairy tale never told. Ooh. The si- I don't understand the second one. I don't get why this would be a tagline, but it's just, it's cool. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, I feel like it's the thing, well, because as I'm sure we'll talk about this, like, invented the, like, mocking fantasy genre of animation of the time. So maybe that's them trying to be like, this isn't your mama's fairy tale. I guess, but like. I feel like it needs to be connected to something else. Yeah, you're not wrong. Next, the prince isn't charming. The princess isn't sleeping. The sidekick isn't helping. The ogre is the <laughs> hero. Fairy tales will never be the same again. The sidekick isn't helping is so funny. Okay, I feel like that's like the best one we've had. Yeah, that's yeah. a really good one. The sidekick isn't helping. <laughs> and then the last one just seems like too dumb to be true or like it like plays into its future joke too much but it's just it's big so I think maybe it's cool and it's big might have been connected but they weren't they weren't on IMDb maybe the it's cool poster was Shrek with like sunglasses on or something like that like maybe it makes more sense in context is all I can imagine heading into this cast 
Of course, we have Mike Myers as Shrek. Mike Myers in an understated performance as Shrek for him. Obviously, he's best known for Austin Powers. He also is known for The Love Guru, and he was on SNL for a long time. I feel like that's what most people kind of know him from. Yes. To us especially, it's very Austin Powers and Shrek. Um, He plays Dr. Evil and Austin Powers, and... If you care for Fat Bastard, he also plays Fat Bastard later on. I truly feel I was exposed to Fat Bastard too young. (laughs) Fat Bastard is really unsettling. Like, I I actually think I was. Because I didn't understand. I just had no clue what was going on. I mean, there really isn't that much to understand. It's so gross, but I didn't, I just couldn't even understand that it was, like, like comedy? What you were under. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, we like somehow, we'll probably come back to this at some point, but we like somehow got a VHS copy of The Spy Who Shagged Me. I, th- I don't know where we got it. And I'm. Our parents just had it. Like we had that. So? No, that is what it was. That We've had, we had that VHS our whole life. We just never like cared. We never watched it until a little bit later. I'm surprised that they let us watch it, honestly. I don't think they knew because we would just watch it in the basement. Yeah. <laughs> Mom and dad let us know if you knew we were watching that. Okay. They didn't. Next <laughs> we have Cameron Diaz as Fiona. As you guys learned last week, my favorite actress, Cameron Diaz. Here's the thing. I'm totally fine with her in animation. So she has a great job in this movie. It does not bother me. But as we just said last week, she's best known for Vanilla Sky, Charlie's Angels, There's Something About Mary, My Best Friend's Wedding, and The Holiday. Hello. It's not in her most known. Well, to our listeners, (laughs) it's relevant. And then next we have Eddie Murphy as Donkey, best known for The Nutty Professor, Dreamgirls, and Come to America, but also he's in the Haunted Mansion movie, like as the main guy. Do you know about that? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Love Eddie Murphy. He does a great job. And then last but not least, we have John Lithgow as Lord Farquaad, best known for The World According to Garp, Cliffhanger, and Love is Strange. (laughs) I really searched up and down his IMDb for like, what would we choose? And I, there really wasn't that much. So I was like, I'll just go with what he's actually most known for. Yeah. I don't know this man at all. Sorry to this man. Sorry to this man. Okay, so budget for this movie was $60 million. Opening weekend earned it $42.3 million, which is a sleigh. And then worldwide gross is $487.9 million. I'm kind of surprised it's not more. That's literally a ton. That's half a billion. I know. That's insane. Well, I also wonder if that includes, like— Fran, like, uh, it doesn't. This like is merchandising only and stuff. Worldwide gross for the movie. Yeah. Itself. Okay. Shrek was like actually a cultural reset, as I'm sure we will talk about. So now going into critical and audience opinions, I'm going to be the critics. So Shrek won best animated feature, which is already a big accomplishment, but it was also in the very first year that the award existed. So hell yeah to Shrek. It's also kind of surprising that that didn't exist until then. It became relevant when CG animation became a thing where all these studios were producing animated features every year. Yeah. Instead of like one here, one there. And they were mostly 2D. Right. And they weren't like Oscar contenders. They were just viewed as kids movies. Yeah. Even Um, though Beauty and the Beast won Best Picture. Right. But not in its own category. Yeah. 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 It got to the point where they had enough animated features to where it's like we should make I see what you're saying. Category. Yeah, yeah. But there's a really cool video from the Oscars that year where they animated all the characters from the 
nominees. I've seen and they're like this. in the audience. Yes, I've seen that before. It is really cute. Yeah. Like, do they go up and accept it? No, they're like sitting in seats. Just them sitting there. Yeah. That's so cute. So the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes for Shrek is 88%. And the critic consensus is as follows. While simultaneously embracing and subverting fairy tales, the irreverent Shrek also manages to tweak Disney's nose, provide a moral message to children, and offer viewers a funny, fast-paced ride. And then here are some critic opinions, all leading up to Roger Ebert. But here's three just to get us started. Here is a movie of the times. Funny, enjoyable, perfect looking, and altogether original in a way that might cause us to look Again, the meaning of the word original. Next one. Turning the fairy tale genre on its head was a clever, if not totally novel, notion at the time, and Shrek still retains much of its ironic charm 20 years later. So that's a recent review. Okay, and then lastly, too much of Shrek seems like gags. (laughs) I did that because Shrek is in quotes, which makes sense, but too much of Shrek seems like gags dreamed up by jaded adults. I do not agree with that statement. And then Roger Ebert said the following. All the craft in the world would not have made Shrek work if the story hadn't been fun and the ogre so lovable. Shrek is not handsome, but he isn't as ugly as he thinks. He's a guy we want as our friend, and he doesn't frighten us, but stir our sympathy. He's so immensely likable that I suspect he may emerge as an enduring character, populating sequels and spinoffs. One movie cannot contain him. (laughs) Roger was correct. Shrek is not ugly. They couldn't make him that ugly. Like legitimately ugly. Yeah, like they he just looks like a guy, honestly, in my opinion. Okay. And now Common Sense Media, my favorite. This movie was rated appropriate for ages six and over. Described as standing out for positive messages and positive role models. <laughs> and this is what parents need to know. Parents need to know that Shrek includes some edgy humor directed at teens and adults. The jokes that teens and adults snicker at, like when Shrek wonders whether the small Lord Farquaad is compensating for something with his very tall castle, will be over the head of most younger kids, but parents should be ready for some questions. There's also plenty of potty humor and gross-out jokes directed at kids, mostly based on the appalling personal habits of ogres. (laughs) Scary scenes for young ones include fights with guards, villagers coming after Shrek with pitchforks, and a fire breathing dragon who turns nice when she falls for donkey. A bird explodes and its eggs are eaten and a character (laughs) is eaten in one gulp by the dragon. But it's not graphic. (laughs) Very good write-up. Audience score was 90% and the Letterboxd average star rating is four stars. That's really high. Yeah. That's the highest we've had, I think. For Letterboxd. Yeah. Okay, one person says four stars. Wonder how Leonard Cohen feels knowing that for an entire generation, the beautiful chords of Hallelujah will just conjure up the mental image of two ogres pining for one another. <laughs> uh, this this second one came from Shifrilis Okay. On Letterboxd. I oh, found really? It. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he rated it 3.5, actually. Out of four? Out of five. What? So Shrek is really good. (laughs) That's kind of how he talks. The cast is pitch perfect and their line deliveries add so much to their characters. Very mature love story with great humor, though a little dull at some points. Pales in comparison to Shrek 2, but still a great movie in its own right. 3.5 is like so petty to me. It should be four. And then if someone said five stars, don't (laughs) get... 
but they spelled it like D with the O with the two dots over it and then N and then K and then the A-E that's connected. Yes. <laughs> Don't yes. <be> K. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> wow. Okay. Now I'm going to tell a really, it's actually not even like a full history, but just some good facts about the development of Shrek. Initially, DreamWorks employees were not about this movie. Okay. And when they when some of them were sent to go work on it, they felt like they were being sent to Siberia. Like, that's a quote. Like, they okay. were like, they were like, fuck this movie. Like, I don't want anything to do with this because it. Ha- they had no reason to believe it would be fun or would work well. Yeah. Like, they really didn't. By the time Jensen joined the team, which is one of the directors, in 1997, actually. Whoa, okay. The film had already been through a few producers and directors. So it was just struggling. They were struggling. Got it, got it. This is kind of a more well-known fact, but Chris Farley, who was also known from SNL, was supposed to play Shrek, but then he unexpectedly passed away. And he had already done a good chunk of voice work on it. I will insert a clip of some of his work here. Farquaad said he'd give me my own swamp in exchange for the princess. You really think you can trust that Weasley oil rag, don't you? Hmm. Yeah, right. But now I'm going to have what he wants. (laughs) Boy, has he underestimated you. Yeah, he can join the club. People see me and they go, Ah! Help! A big, stupid, stinky, smelly, ugly ogre! I'm so scared! They judge me before they even know me. My folks always told me that everyone loves ogres. I see. So, I guess they were a little overprotective. A little? That's why I gotta do this. I want him to know I can take care of myself. You want to make him proud. Yeah. You know what? When we met, I didn't think he was just a big, stupid, ugly ogre. Mm -hmm. I know. Night, Shrek. Night, doggy. But he passed away and they were like, shit, because they were really into him being Shrek. Yeah. Eventually, they settled on Mike Myers, which made sense because it was kind of a lateral move in terms of, like, the type of guy that he was. And Chris Farley, when he voiced Shrek, he was not Scottish. It's Mike Myers who added the Scottish accent because he wanted to make him like his dad, like, sound like his dad. That's interesting. Yeah, Clearly, it was like Shrek. You mean Daddy? And well, then just, just like gave him the accent. Adding the Scottish accent gave him an end to this character for okay. some reason. Got it. By the end of production, there were more than five thousand pages of script on the hard drive for a final screenplay that was eighty-five pages long. So they went through that level of workshopping. Five thousand pages. Thousand. Yeah, because this is over a span of years. Damn, that's wild. And that's like your sole job. So Yeah. And then finally, after it was released, it kind of unexpectedly was a box office hit. And it was number one that first weekend. And we'll talk about this more later. But it became very much the blueprint for animated feature films that would cater both to children and adults. Yes. When did we first watch and what do we remember? Okay, I have a lot of Shrek-related memories. So I am 95% sure that we saw this movie in theaters with our parents. But I feel like we also may have seen it with Grandma Irene. I I have no idea. I was four. 
We were really <laughs> young. So if it came out in April, April 2001, I would have been in kindergarten when it mm-hmm. came out. So definitely watched it when it came out. It was like really, really big when I was in first grade. And that's when we lived in Boston. So and that's when our dad was in grad school at MIT. So I remember being at like, there would be like, like kind of like cohort parties almost where it would be like dad and all of his friends and then all their kids. And a lot of their kids were around our age. So I remember sitting in like random people's houses in Boston, like watching Shrek. (laughs) Great memories, honestly. I think of that. We had the soundtrack to the Mm -hmm. first one and the second one, but obviously the second one wasn't out yet. We had the first soundtrack on CD. It has Shrek's face on it. It was amazing. We had our little boom box. And actually, there is video evidence of that. Of us in our little room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of that. She has a little on body. Is this the one you want to dance to? Okay, let's have a dance party. Oh my God, wait, I have way more from college, but do you want to talk about your childhood ones before? Well, yeah, so you didn't mention, but there, it was such a cultural phenomenon, I would assume everywhere across the country. Hannah's school was like really close to where our house was. And so we actually could walk there, which Mm -hmm. is cool. Mm -hmm. Never had that again. Um, We had it in Silver Lake. We never walked though. It was too far to walk, yeah. And so we like, there was like a dance party at your school. It was like I, a Halloween dance. Yeah. I mean, I have no actual memory of this, but it is, there is video. <laughs> you kind of dig that yeah, out for yeah, this. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like a gym with a ton of tiny children in it, like <laughs> bouncing up and down, like loud dancing, you know, yeah. there was a DJ and <laughs> at some point, and there was like glow sticks. Yeah. The I think it was the DJ who had, or was it like a different person? I don't no, know. No, it was the DJ. Yeah. The the DJ put on like a Shrek mask. He was in like a tuxedo from the head down. There but then so neck down, yeah. Yes, neck down. But then he had like a rubber Shrek mask on. Audrey was not I lost having my it. Shit. Well, just like the anxiety <laughs> kicked in so fast. I feel like it's like an evolutionary thing that hits some people and doesn't hit others. Yes. Like as soon as someone's identity is hidden, that's that's the end that of the line. That scares me. Yeah, yeah, like that scared me a lot. Yeah. And I'm sure that impulse still exists in me, but I know how to control it now. So it's it's not like it doesn't make <laughs> yes. doesn't change what's going on. But yeah. Like, like if a mascot walked in right now, what would you do? I mean, that would be really weird. I, it's context. Like, do you still, like, feel a <laughs> flutter of nervousness when you see a I mascot? Know. No. And if I'm in public, no, like, if a mascot literally walked in here right I mean, now, that I'd be, be fucking a nightmare. freaked out. That would be a nightmare, yeah. But, but that's if the context was right, it doesn't make me feel anything. Yeah. Yeah. If you went to a theme park, you wouldn't be scared. Mm. That's good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, before I get into my college ones— uh. Josh, do you have any you want to share? The big thing for me was the, like, first scene where he's, like, going through all the different things on the in the swamp. Like, he's, like— He's doing his routine. He's doing his routine. He's, like, doing the mud and the bugs and all that stuff. Like, that—either I must have watched that part, like, 
multiple times or something because like that is like so visceral to me. I feel like I can feel every drop of mud and like Ooh. like wow. the bugs are so like in my Buggy. brain. <laughs> I was trying to see if there was like maybe uh I thought there was like a DVD menu that involved those things or maybe like a game. Like was there do you guys ever have a Shrek DVD? Only Shrek two. We had a VHS yeah. of the first Shrek and a DVD. I could have sworn there was like I remember being in like a Shrek DVD with like some games in it or something mm. and being like really intrigued. That and sounds very possible. I don't think, yeah, if you can find on YouTube like what you're talking about, just send it to me. I was looking for it. Didn't, I couldn't find anything that like confirmed that it had anything to do with that first scene. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, that like, I must have watched that a lot because that first scene is like super iconic. I mean, it was the tone setter for the whole movie. It's, it's an amazing opening. Yeah. It really absolutely. is. Yeah. Moving into my college situation. Okay, so imagine it's 2015. It is the early, early stages of the Shrek meme. Shrek is love, Shrek is life. And I had a best friend and roommate at the time, Angela, who introduced me to the Shrek meme. And she thought that it was like the funniest shit of her entire life. And it rubbed off on me extremely hard. Yeah. So... And again, it was before it was like this overdone meme. For example, like... It, there was ingenuity. There was a lot of ingenuity to it at the time. It was seven <laughs> years ago. But the point is, like, recently I've been seeing stuff where it's like Shrek dance party. And it's like, we know it's stupid, just come. It's like this, like, it's mm-hmm. like trying to capitalize on the Shrek meme, but like so late. Yeah. It's like all those, like, corporate ass dance parties you see now that are like Taylor Swift oh, night. I know. Like, all those. So I was in this acapella group in college and it was all girls and Angela would come with me to rehearsal sometimes and we would just always be posting stupid shit involving the Shrek meme to the point where to this very day girls who I haven't talked to in like four years will just like DM me a Shrek meme like because I tied my personhood so hard to the Shrek meme that I don't know if I could even power wash it off if I could if I wanted to you can't change even if I tried even if uh, I wanted to. Yeah, I actually was going to make the opening. Because didn't, did Klepto sing All Star once? You did, right? We did sing All Star, but it was in the context of like a medley. I was going to make the opening like those who have sung an acapella version of All Star with their whole chest or whatever. Yes. And okay, I don't know if anyone out there listening to this hasn't seen Shrek is Love, Shrek is Life. It's about having butt sex with Shrek. Just so you yeah. know. Well, that's what I, w- I was going to say. Why was I watching that when I was like 17? Because, <laughs> I mean, it's like, why was anyone watching some weird ass shit when they were 17? I saw, as I was researching, actually, I saw an article about a teacher who showed that video in class. Like, I don't know that she necessarily knew like, what was the content of it, uh-huh. but she got like fired because oh, God. of it. Because of Shrek is love, Shrek is yeah. life. That's shameful. Because she probably was, I mean, I have no idea. I could be wrong, but she she might have just been trying to relate to the kids and she maybe heard kids saying that or something and then like looked it up. I know it's like <laughs> extremely vivid, but I like can't really remember what oh, it I says. Oh, I can. Oh my gosh. I can't remember what it says, but I remember exactly what it looks like. I know what it lo- same. Yeah. And I know it's like really vivid about the butt sex. Yes. Yes. 
Maybe we'll put maybe we'll put in a little oh bit God. here. We probably should. The children know if there's children. I, I don't mean. I, th- I don't think them. anyone listening to this show doesn't know about butt sex. That is so unresearched. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. That's extremely unresearched. I mean, I don't think we have any legitimately young listeners. I don't know what that is. <laughs> you don't know what butt sex is. You're gonna find out through Shrek is Love. Shrek is Life. I was only nine years old. I loved Shrek so much, I had all the merchandise and movies. I pray to Shrek every night before bed, thanking him for the life I've been given. Shrek is love, I say. Shrek is life. I will say that I also knew somebody in college who was, like, somewhat Hannah-adjacent, who also, (laughs) like, had their entire personality based around the Shrek meme. Final thing I'm going to say that we have to address is that we did see Shrek the Musical on Broadway. I barely remember that, but yeah. And it was Sutton Foster's Fiona. Yeah, and I fully, like, did not understand yet who, like, I didn't get how, like, that was a huge deal that we saw her. We were really young. Yeah. Like, I think— It was before I knew who she was, and I'm, like, mad that I didn't have the context. Yeah. Shrek musical is, like, pretty bad, though. As far as film adaptations to Broadway shows, it could be so much worse. I've seen way worse than that. Yeah. I mean, same, but like. there. Yeah. I mean, there's some, hmm. there's always shitty rhymes in film to Broadway adaptations. Yes. Like one of, I don't know if we must have talked about it in the Heathers thing, maybe. I feel but, like we talked about it super recently. Not that we didn't talk about, we talked about Heather's, yeah. but we didn't talk about that one lyric. Okay, okay. Which is, and you're right, that really, really blows. blows yeah. But we let go, take a deep breath, and, and go, go buy some, some summer clothes. Heather's is we'll like, we'll go camping, play some poker, and we'll eat some chili fries. <laughs> Maybe prom night. Maybe dancing. <laughs> Don't stop looking, looking in my eyes. Can we be 17? <laughs> if we still got the right. <laughs> we're never able to this sing. This is what happens when we record. We're never able to sing. <laughs> Why are you embarrassed? It's so funny. I'm not embarrassed because we're singing. I'm embarrassed because it's Heather's. Why? Because bitches, Heather's is so bitches stupid. Bitches love that show. I mean, I loved it when I was like and 18. It. It's fun to sing. It's really fun to sing. Like, But like Heather's school edition should be banned. How are you going to do Heather's and not be like school shooting bombs dick? Like that's well, the whole point. I think they do. I mean, they don't take out the school bomb part they can't they, yeah. there's literally nothing else that can happen unless they were like like what else could they do like, he's gonna dump tomatoes on everyone. yeah like what <laughs> okay should we move to the second half yeah okay guys audrey you're not gonna be proud of me why oh because you paid for how it. did you watch it it was on hulu hulu it was on something i paid four dollars to rent it why because i was rushing like, I literally always am. Uh, peacock. That's what it was. Okay, I tried to get it on, it peacock, on peacock, but the shit wouldn't load. Why? I don't know. Uh. My Apple TV was, like, struggling. Anyway, you can watch it on Peacock. <laughs> um, and join us here soon.
My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. Hi, everyone. Despite the odds, we are back to talk about Shrek some more. I actually have a segment. All right. What's well, the segment? It's not really a segment. It's kind of just like what we said we were going to do at the beginning of this season, which is a pop quiz. You're not going to know the answers to these questions, but I just found them interesting. Okay. And you could take a guess if you want. Oh, of course I'm going to take a guess and a gander. Who was the first actor considered for the role of Lord Farquaad? <laughs> Billy Crystal. No. That's a good guess, though. I'll give you a hint. Mm-hmm. Not American. English? Yeah. Who? Alan Rickman. Oh, my God. That is such a random choice, but it could have been cool. Oh, it would have been good. I can see his his Snape voice being like, but like a little more, more playful yeah, than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he would be good. I think I he would be good. I love that conceptually. Okay. Second. Who wanted to make an adaptation of the book Shrek in the first place? And this is a director. Steven Spielberg. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Steven Spielberg. Pure guess. Finally, what do the Shrek fans call themselves? Does it have an SH at the beginning? No. I mean, I'm sure there's more than one name for the Shrek fandom. Weed rats. No. <laughs> What's that? When they roast the rats oh. on the stick, they're called weed rats. Brogers. Okay, I like that. But this is good. why it's funny. Okay. I, I searched it. I was, I was like Googling brogers after that. And I found the Tumblr page for brogers and they wrote like a manifesto <laughs> definition. Christ. Okay, do you have it? Mm-hmm. Brogers are the most intelligent in the universe. We are smart enough to see that the earth was obviously created by a Scottish ogre named Shrek, and we are grateful enough to thank him for sharing his layers of wisdom and kindness with us. There was Shrek and nothing. (laughs) Then there were Adams. I'm in pain. (laughs) Shrek built the universe, but mostly concentrated on one planet, Earth, as the peasants call it, or swamp, as the broger race calls it. Oh, God. That's my... That is, like, (laughs) such an extreme distillation of what it was like to be, like, a Shrek shit poster in, like, 2015. Yeah. It was so common. Like, it was definitely, like, a lot on Twitter. I hold minimal nostalgia for the Shrek era. I'm not going to lie to you. Well, you're not even talking about, like, the original Shrek era. You're talking about the meme Shrek era. I mean, the meme Shrek era, yeah. Moving into our more specific thoughts. I wrote... So few notes because it's so good. I was like, what am I going to say? I know. I will say I have two nice things to start it off with. First of all, I just love this movie more than I thought I did. Like, it's so clever. There's really only one line in the whole thing where I was like, this is beating me over the head. Do you know which one it is? When they're like looking at the stars, Shrek and Donkey, and he's like, 
sometimes things are more than yeah. they appear. I was like, okay, that's like the only part that is like too overdone. Good for the kids. Definitely good for the kids. Love the Muffin Man bit. The Muffin Man bit is so funny. Also, why are they waterboarding him with milk? <laughs> like, it's funny. It is funny, but it's like so. Kids don't know what waterboarding it's is. It's such an interesting and like perfectly struck balance between child and adult. Yeah. Which is hard to do. And then we proceeded to watch like so many people kind of flunk at it. Yeah. Like Shark Tale, for example. Hoodwinked. Hoodwinked. Fuck hoodwinked. Even like Madagascar. People like hoodwinked. And honestly, I I just like saying fuck hoodwinked. I really haven't seen it. Well, because the animation looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to like want to watch it when it looks like Barbie it level worse. animation. No, way worse. Yeah. They don't even have the human reference. No. Like, Barbie is going motion by motion and is following what the people were doing. Yeah. Like Avatar. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, have you seen the new Avatar? No. Are you going to? I mean, when I did, haven't even seen when the first one. When did I have one. this? Oh, really? No. I saw the first one in at the Solon Cinema oh, really? in, I think, seventh grade. The Eyeball Martini. Perfect. I love that. Perfect. That's another perfect example of... of for the adults and for the kids. Because yep. when I saw that as a kid, I was like, oh, he's putting an eyeball in the drink. As an adult, you're like, that's an olive yeah. for a martini. Yes. So it works on levels. Totally. Absolutely. Also, the Farquad in bed scene mm -hmm. is so, I can't. Much. <laughs> I like can't believe that it's in there. Yeah. But also it's so like needed. Yeah. It's only, like, 15 seconds, but it does so much work. The, I do remember as a kid, like, the hairy chest thing okay, being hairy chest, really uncomfy. No. Both no. on Shrek, which is more the second movie. Human he, Shrek, Human Shrek, yeah. I have literally... Uh, <laughs> uh oh <laughs> <laughs> no, Next. No, 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 no. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad. Not movie. awakening. <laughs> No, it's not that. All I'm saying is I have, like, zero experience with witnessing chest hair IRL. Oh. But that's not actually true, but, like, for the most part. In okay. the, if you like pina coladas, that yes. scene, like, he, <laughs> they bring the magic mirror in. Yes. And then he has the guard, like, punch the mirror <laughs> as, like, a means to intimidate the mirror yeah. is really funny. I want to know why the mirror was, like, so, like, anti-Farquad. <laughs> like, it, don't, if we know one thing about magic mirrors, are they not loyal to evil bitches? Well, I... Yeah, but I think the idea is that the magic mirror falls into the category of the creatures that are being ex-communicated uh, oh, from the kingdom. Yeah. So they bring the, which is like definitely a widening of the definition of like fairy tale creatures. Yes. Because I was kind of thinking about that. You've got all these fairy tale creatures that we recognize from other IP that we know. Yes. But then there's also ones like, for example, I don't remember what the donkey is from. Who, like... Mm, pen... But no. I don't know. Like, it could be that, but... It's definitely from something, but I don't know what it is. It's definitely... Whatever it is from, it's a very, like, traditional... Like, ye old folktale or something. Yeah, because I don't know what that's from. So just, like... They could really squeeze in a lot of elements 
Yeah. That maybe we wouldn't necessarily think of as fairy tale creatures. Yes. But the mirror counts as a fairy tale creature. Yes. That makes me think of two things. The first thing is he does count as a fairy tale creature. And also maybe why he's so resistant is that the whole point of the magic mirror is to be honest. Mm-hmm. And like he can't be honest. So that might he has be to lie. why. Really, kind of my only issue with this movie is that they never actually really explain very well why the fairy tale creatures are being persecuted. No. All that's ever said is that Farquaad's like, they're ruining my perfect world. And like, yeah, that's it. That's the full explanation, which, sure. I that, just wish that's there was enough. more. Just I, a vague fascism. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, that comes back in later movies. That's true. Can I pose so. a question? Yeah. Sure. Do you guys think, does Shrek have to be set in a fairy tale based world? Like, could you remove the fairy tale element of, of Shrek and still have it work? And have Shrek still be an ogre? Or Shrek would be an ogre, yeah. Like, all the plot points would be the same, but Shrek like. Shrek would still be an ogre. But he, that's so integral to the fairy tale setup. But the rest of the fairy tale characters. So what would happen that because his prime motivation for leaving on this journey is the fact that they were excommunicated to his land. But like I'm saying fairy tales in general, like what if we got what if the plot points were the same, but like they just weren't. What if, what if they were just people or something? I think that it would almost well, work, <laughs> but the Fiona thing wouldn't work unless. What do you mean? Because the whole thing with Fiona is that like she turns into an ogre at night. Like she's yeah, but hiding this. I part mean, of I herself. guess in this situation, we'd have a different. Undes- <laughs> you know, this is act. That's actually very similar to Swan Princess. Now that I well, think about it. I feel like there's <laughs> so much projection you can do with Shrek. Like, and maybe no, I've seen things about this. Like, you could project like race things mm-hmm. onto Shrek. You can project even like trans things onto Shrek. Like, there's a lot Any reason for persecution. Yeah, for persecution or, like, isolation or even insecurity in some ways. Like, yeah, I think that's probably part of why it is such a banger is because so many people relate. can relate to it, yeah. even though it's so oddly specific. It's, like, so specific it becomes universal, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to answer that question, I— you could, but why would you? Well, no, the exactly. <laughs> That's sort of what, when I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk about the fairy tale thing. It's like they just kind of decided that they were going to do that. Yeah, I think it's a great entry point for kids. It's like we're going to have this like real, we're going to have this like real ass meaning yeah. <laughs> behind the film. But yeah, with the um, like sugariness and like the attraction of fairy tale characters it gets kids' attention, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, it's fun, too. It, yeah, like, it just, in a way, it feels more like a platform for them to make a lot of, like, funny jokes mm-hmm. and, you know, like, just add entertainment value. But, like, realistically, the plot, I feel like, could exist without the fairy tale element. Like, if it was just people who were on a swamp and then, you know, he, like, <laughs> on a swamp. <laughs> well, it's also just classic hero's journey. yeah. I mean, the story itself is universal. That's actually like road trip movie. One of my points is that the story is extremely simple. It is. They do not overcomplicate at all. I mean, literally. There's four relevant characters. I was shocked at how late, because I kind of forgot what the pacing was. When they're sitting at that little campsite. Yeah. That's at your a little over the three-quarter mark. You've yeah. got 15 minutes left of the whole thing. Yeah. And they're still secluded on their own, the three of them. Yeah. And I was like, 
This is a character study. <laughs> it's like, is this a play? This is waiting for Godot. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you guys know, listeners know, I hate a dragged out story. And this one is not dragged out at all. It's like boom, 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 boom. And I like that about it. I have a take. So obviously, a lot of this movie is like poking fun at Disney and stuff like yeah. that. And this might be like maybe a little too deep into the iceberg, but oh. I'm wondering if you had the same thought. There's like some interesting things going on with the fact that Donkey is like extremely black because Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Like that's like an undeniably black performance from Eddie Murphy. And so you know the whole thing in Dumbo, like I ain't never seen an elephant fly. Like the, like the crows are this like racist yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. But one of the first things Donkey says is, you ain't never seen a donkey fly. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is that on purpose? Could Cause, be. Because the Probably. word choice is so similar to yeah. that I'm, it just, I connected those dots and I was like, is that on purpose? I don't know. Probably. I yeah. should give it a Google. I'm sure it check. is. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Also, we, for, we, I didn't mention in the development part that DreamWorks, CEO at the time was Jeffrey Katzenberg, mm-hmm. who was a huge rival of Disney. He wanted to come for Disney so hard. Did he work for them? Yeah. 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 He like switched teams. The kind of like tone of Shrek and the the sarcasm and the coming for Disney stuff. Like, yeah. It was very much a part of his ethos. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find what fairy tale donkey is from. <laughs> You're trying to do research. Yeah, truly, I, do, I mean, like, there's definitely a fable donkey somewhere. I mean, to me, it kind of reminds Stubborn me donkey. of Pinocchio because they turn into donkeys at Pleasure Island. Side note, why was Geppetto selling out his son to the <laughs> cops? I was like, whoa. Also, Five shillings, baby. <laughs> when, the little, when the little spare is like, this cage is too, too small. small. This cage is too small. First of all, <laughs> so, sad. so sad, but also so funny at the same time. <laughs> like, I really appreciated that part. The pi- Also, the three little pigs' voices are always funny. Like, why are they so funny? Like, I can't explain it. They're so funny. Here's a really poorly written article that says the story is based on the fairy tale of, quote, the donkey and the princess, quote, from the book of Grimm's fairy tales. Later on, it goes on to say the she dragon in the story is a she dragon who wears lipstick. Okay, the so. she dragon? Is amazing. Yeah, I was gonna say though. Also, the donkey and the princess could make sense too because Donkey and Fiona really, have their own vibe. They have their own little bestie vibe. Yeah, they really and do. And he really hears her out, <laughs> and it's like this is cute. Like this is really I cute. I have to say, the moment where they misunderstand each other yeah. makes me want to like rip my hair. I know. Out me every too. Time. I'm like, guys, if you would just say like two more sentences, yeah, you'd be okay. It's like definitely. It's so simple. It's so simple, it, and. It's it's very, like, forced, but you just, like, buy it so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the whole thing is so bare bones, but it's bare bones because it, it's a, it's like a hero's journey. Like, it feels like yeah. a, one of those really simple boiled down tales that has this strong moral that, like, works for a reason. You also I, buy it, I feel like, because in that moment, like, Shrek goes from being the Shrek that he's been growing into back to, like, 
the Shrek from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot he was, like, mean and shitty. Mm-hmm. And, like, really comfortable in his solitude and right. whatnot. And it's so sad. Like, he's at the beginning, he's so happy in his solitude. And then when he's, like, kind of forced back into his solitude, he's like, he's like damn, oh, I had friends. That's sad. It's so sad. Yeah. And I, who can't relate to that? Who can't relate to having to kind of force yourself out of your comfort zone yeah. at some point in your life, like a transition or whatever it is. And it's uncomfortable, but you don't regret it. Yeah, Ultimately, exactly. you don't regret it and you don't wish that you stayed home or whatever. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what it is. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a little bit Wizard of Oz even. It is a little Wizard like, of Oz. the journey. It, uh, there's nothing like a physical journey where they have to walk down the road, you know? Yeah. It's very literal, but it works. Like, this is one thing I've thought about a lot for me personally, which is that, like, I feel like COVID really forced me into, like, being cool with, like, doing my own thing and, like, being by myself and shit like that. To the point where, like, for example, the past, like, week, like, Audrey's been in town. Our family's been in town. Josh's family's been in town. And so we've been doing, like, eight million times more social things than normal and I'm like there's a part of me that's like I want to sit and do my routine but then I'm like so happy to be hanging out with people and I know that when we're like back into like normal like post-holiday whatever I'm gonna be like damn remember when we just like hung out yeah and like had fun yeah isn't that actually the point of life yeah when you think about it yeah but then at some point, it's like one can't exist without the other. It's kind of like yeah. you don't know when you're happy if you're never sad. It's kind of like that. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because like if you always, if we were always on 10 hanging out, it it would get really messy. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Like, uh, it sucks that that is true, but it is kind of true. But you know what? Everything in moderation. Yeah. It's true. I, as a child, thought that Hallelujah was an original <laughs> song yeah, for Shrek. We had no way of knowing these were all, like, repurposed songs. I was, like, six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it didn't, as as our first half said, it introduced a generation to that song. And do we think of ogres? Absolutely. But is that necessarily a bad thing? I don't think so. Yeah. Do you think Shrek could be used as an example of different attachment styles? Yes. And I guess love language. But I don't think anyone is particularly secure. No. No, no, there's not really an example of secure. Oh, for sure. Avoidant and insecure? Yeah. For sure. That's what I was thinking as I was watching it. Like what each person needs to hear versus what they're hearing are two different things. Totally agreed. Like Shrek is like a complicated person. Yeah. And they go into that also in later movies. In Shrek 2, they really go in. Yes. And they they explain it in Shrek the Musical as well. But and I think it works in that. Yeah. I think it works. They start with that actually in Shrek the Musical. And then also, (laughs) so love's true form is a white woman <laughs> in this movie. You've heard of God as a woman. Love, <laughs> she's like, love's true form. And it's her as a human. She believes, and okay, maybe this is actually good. Yeah, actually. Yeah, because she she believes that love's ideal, true form is yeah. the conventional form. It's what the beautif- beautiful form, what yeah. people want, what people expect. And then she ultimately does not choose that. Yeah. So, okay, I kind of answered my own question. But yes. when she said that at first, I was like, 
Loves true form. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's been fed so many lies. lies. And also, that's a big part of the second movie, too. You get, like, way more context yeah. on, like, why she believes the everything parents, she believes. The kingdom. The fuckery. Yeah. Question about Fiona. Uh-huh. Okay. When we meet her on screen, she has, like, none of the personality that we actually know her for. She's like... My prince hath arrived at She's whatever, like, like programmed well, at that moment. Well, she's trying to do the things that people told her are like the things princesses yeah. do. She's trying to follow the script. She's in her program. Yeah. And, okay, I, not to lend credit to Shrek the Musical, but they do do a really good job of like front loading. She has do. this whole song right before she gets rescued where it's like her as like an eight-year-old and her as a teenager and waiting. then her as an adult, like waiting for someone to come get her and kind of talking about like what she's been taught to expect will happen. I think that's actually one of the few things Shrek the Musical Could really does a great nailed. job doing. That's like my favorite song in the show. Yeah. But there is one really bad rhyme in that song too. I'm sure there is. It rhymes with bowler. Oh, bipolar. Though I seem a bit bipolar. Yeah, and then yeah. they say, I'm a really great bowler or something. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, what the <laughs> fuck? Well, they like, also the problem, not like, the thing with Shrek Musical is like, I think it came out in like 2009. Oh, yeah, like 08, 09. And like, so 2001, it had some edgy humor for 2001, the movie. But edgy humor in 2009 was basically just thing. saying offensive things. Yes, yes. So like nowadays, like they say like the tea slur about the wolf in the grandma's they clothing. Do. yeah, yeah. It's just It's like, very Tina Fey vibes. Yes, it's very <laughs> Tina Fey, which totally makes sense for the time. Yeah. But like, but it like has not aged well. And that stuff, you know, obviously if somebody put it on now, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, would like omit that yeah. probably. And I'm sure there's a replacement lyric for I seem a bit bipolar as well. Yeah, probably. But yeah, at the time, it's funny how that pendulum's swung. Yeah. Well, and it's also interesting because the humor from Shrek 2001, yeah. the film, has aged so well. Perfectly, yeah. And like, there it was, was right in that sweet spot yeah. of a little maybe crude, but only that the adults could understand. Like, yeah. kids couldn't. I actually think kids felt a little bit like, oh, I'm watching something that Has feels like some a little spicy. To it. Yeah, exactly. But in a, in a way that is it's like Spongebob good kind of. Yeah. yeah. Good for them to yeah, see. Yeah, I totally agree. We'll wrap it up here momentarily. But one thing that I really love about this movie is the way that they somehow make the recurrence of really, really, really cute. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, It's so yeah. cute. It feels very natural. Yeah. Like, that is the sort of callback that people actually do in real life. Yes. It feels so natural. You're so right. Yeah. You're so happy for them at the end. Donkey and Shrek are really cute. Everyone is cute. They're really cute as friends. They are. And that's a credit to the 5,000 pages of writing that these people went through. Yeah. The workshopping, you can tell it was just like relentless to get like the perfect yeah. balance of funny, heartfelt, serious. It's so genuinely entertaining and funny. And, and it's not mean-spirited. No. And, and just to shout out like the animation here, they it's had to so create a new techniques and run things through new programs and yeah. figure out new ways to do fur, skin, mm -hmm. lava, liquids, like mud, milk, yeah. grass, all that stuff. Like I watched this thing today of them talking, like behind the scenes featurette thing of them talking about all the advancements that they had 
they were really dedicated to figuring out because they didn't want to fuck up. They didn't want to fuck up the visual, like have a really solid story and underwhelming visual. Yeah, dealing with human characters um, is the real breakthrough on this movie. I mean, there have been 100% animated, computed, graphic-generated films, but they haven't taken human-like characters and sustained a story for a whole feature length. Like, they were really dedicated to that. And then you can yeah. tell. It's almost, I mean, I think they even went, like, 8% too far on the skin. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, there's like, actually too many pores. seeing some textures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even talk about the animation. Like, it still looks great. We had to go back and revise the skin several times so that they had enough uh, dimples, marks on the skin so that they didn't look plasticky. Uh, with Fiona, for example, we have a very complex system of dermis, epidermis, and base. So it's, it's working almost like a maker process. And that is a system also that was applied by Rembrandt, so it's not new. You basically don't paint one color straight. You paint a glaze of red, another of yellow, and then you have a base that reflects the light. The first time I saw it, I was like, it was rather eerie because I felt like even though she looks nothing like me, there was something, a quality about her sort of in the eyes that at first I was a little sort of taken back by. And there was a few gestures that sort of reminded me more of my sister than myself because I can't really see it in myself, but I kind of see it in my sister. There's expressions that, that, that the characters get where at times I just look at them and I believe that they're real people. I believe that they have real feelings. It honestly still kind of holds... Yeah, it, it, it holds looks a nice. candle to many current things, I would say. Yeah. Like, it doesn't look dated. It's kind of like in the same way that Snow White doesn't exactly look mm -hmm. dated, per se. Like, so much care and was put into it. It's because it's like an artful level of detail. Even yeah. if it's not your, like, 2022 programs, it's the attention to detail of realism. Like, they were talking about, like, the fat on Shrek, like, animating the fat on Shrek. Yeah. And the clothes and yeah. the hair and them figuring out everything to like look Like the flapping real. of the fabric and stuff yeah. like that. I will say on the animation note is that I do feel like Fio human Fiona's facial expressions could have been a lot uh -huh. better. I feel like they were concerned with her being me, she pretty. She freaks me out. Human Fiona's a little creepy. Yeah. Yeah. But I think they adjust for that in the future movies. Ogre Fiona is... Less creepy. Way less creepy. Yeah. And I, I kind of wonder, like, if they intentionally left her like that as a human to kind of be like, she has to be pretty no matter what. Well, what I do like about human Fiona is that her proportions are really realistic to human proportions compared to what Disney does. Yeah, that's true. Especially when you think about the more recent stuff like Frozen, yeah. like their facial proportions. It's just a different style. Yeah, yeah. But like very rarely do you see CG humans with— Like to scale. Uh, to scale yeah. facial proportions. Yeah. Like that's not very common. That actually might be part of why it's unsettling. Yeah, you're not used to seeing that. And she's also the only one where it's fully yeah, like Yeah, because is, is exaggerated. Yes. So it's just like a little uncanny valley, but... You're right. I bet that's yeah. part of it. Because she, she kind of looks like a sim. Yeah. Yeah. Before we wrap up, Audrey, did you want to talk about your um, animal sidekick thoughts? A lot of times, like the, the sidekicks we see, they don't have an arc themselves. Yes. And and they're there for pure comedic relief. That's it. Yeah. And um, they might play a part in like the villain. Usually they play part in the villain scheme. Yeah. Um, like, can you go be a messenger and do this or whatever? And then they come back and are like, say some dumb shit. And that's the end of them. Yeah. But Donkey 
is a main character and he yeah. has his own arc. And so I think that's why. I think that's why he's not annoying. Yeah. Is because he, you can, you feel really fucking bad for Donkey. Yeah. When he keeps getting rejected by Shrek, like when he's sleeping outside. Yes. It's so sad. so cute and sad. It's really sad. And how relentless he is in being positive and just coming yes. back and coming back and coming back. He like immediately sees the good in Shrek. Like, yeah. He's not scared. No. Nothing. It's very it's cute. It's very cute. It's very cute. He's a great character. Yeah. Great bestie. Interesting, funny, mm-hmm. useful. He really is helping despite what the tagline said. Worth watching, yes. Extremely worth watching. Extremely good. Really funny, really touching, a great movie for all people, not overrated at all, in nope. my opinion. And with that, that was the end of season <laughs> six. Come on, season six. Let's get it this over thing with. over with. Oh, that was Ginger Minge. Yeah. Opening of season seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, season <laughs> Let's get this over with. As always, thank you for having gone on this journey with us this season. I'm sure we will be back sooner than either of us <laughs> can anticipate. Um, and I think with this upcoming season, you can anticipate maybe a couple episodes where we do a format change. Maybe we'll talk about a TV show. Maybe we'll talk about an album mm-hmm. of the era still. I think it will be fun to experiment with form a little bit. We will see what happens. Oh, maybe. Let us know. Join the Discord. And if you have any, like, overall suggestions for what you would like to hear in the episodes, like, please let us know. We're very open to input. Yeah. Yeah, And we're just happy to be here. (laughs) Happy to be here after two years and 100 episodes. And we still stand. Yeah. Also, thank you to Josh for being here. And helping us. Glad to be here. And I'd also like to point out to all the listeners who have a concept of what's going on with the fact that I'm in the one room and they're in the other room, if you're watching the video or whatever, that this is Hannah's normal job. I don't, yes. I'd like to make that clear. I'm just here for fun. <laughs> so shout out to Hannah for being a professional podcast producer. Oh my God, thanks, Josh. Yeah, Josh is sitting in the seat where I normally am sitting to engineer other people's podcasts. Shall we read them? Yeah. The info. Such a graceful segue. Yes. You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at twopinkproductions.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at sleepover cinema and post a full video version of each episode on YouTube every Thursday. We are about 50 subscribers away from a thousand (laughs) subscribers. And I wanted to hit that before we ended this season, but guess fucking not. (laughs) So, please. Guys, you can make it out. <laughs> I love being just negative. Um, you love hating on our audience. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who subscribed, though. Shout out to you. You're in the Drag Race Hall of Fame for that one. Yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> you can follow me, Audrey, at Adriana Leach on everything. And you can follow me at Hannah Ray Leach on Instagram and at Lana Von Trapp on Twitter. And again, join our Discord. Link is in the episode description and on evergreenpodcast.com. You can check out our merch at twopinkproductions.com. 
t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, etc. all good. And of course, if you love Sleepover Cinema, if you can't wait for season seven, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, rate us on Spotify, send an episode to your friend. If you have a friend who was a Shrek if you have Lord, a friend. If you have a single friend, <laughs> send them an episode and it would mean so much to us. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. That's me. That's hey. Josh. Executive producer is Michael D'Aloya. Thank you so much for tuning in to season six. We love you. For real. <laughs> and um, we're going to go to Scott Cohen's house. Oh. ASAP. Yeah. In case anyone out there cares, <laughs> we will be going to Scott Approximately Cohen's house. Approximately two people care about 2. that? 2.5 people on average but, care about that. But you know what? It's for us, and that's fine. Do you want me to go low? No, no. What are you, what are you, just what are you singing? Just from I'm in love. I'm in love. Ooh. Ooh. It's ooh, and then we go to ah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm in love. Ooh. I'll leave her. I leave her if I try. Girl, you took my part I again. also don't know what the what? words are. What's he saying? We just sang in unison, Josh. It's fine. <laughs> we need to cut. We got to go. We got places going people to see. <laughs> Is that okay, Josh? All right. TTYL <laughs> listeners. Bye. Bye. I can't breathe. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the facts from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, Please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.